as well as uh, really compelling stories for you today on the live exchange. So um, we are today. I'm joined with Blake Top Dog Rashad and as his team of of folks here who I'm going to be um, introducing. Um, and he has amazing, an amazing story that begins with a child's love for animals and culminates into a life-saving mission of pairing dogs with veterans as a means of healing um, PTSD. Um, so we've heard the statistics, at least 20 veterans a day across this country commit suicide. Um, and much of this stems from undiagnosed, untreated cases of PTSD. And so today we're going to learn more about this mission, this journey, and the small things we can do to make a difference. So we'll take, of course, another look of at um, Kaepernick, what it means to be patriotic, is it offensive to sit? We've got a lot to cover today. So stay with us. We've got a lot to talk about, and uh, we'll be right back on The Live Exchange. Vince Lombardi once said that it's hard to be aggressive when you're confused. Some of us think that taking our lives to the next level, both personally and professionally, is a confusing and complicated process. Guess what? It's not, and I can prove it. My book, Truisms, will show you how living your life by rules that are so self-evident and obvious, you'll say, I knew that. This powerful yet short, detailed bestseller is on sale right now, under $10. Go to michaelmcfadden.com. That's michaelmcfadden.com, and let Truisms help you to the next level. Great leaders aren't born, they're made. And not just anywhere, they're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world make a positive change in yourself and the world go to academyofcreativecoaching.com okay so five tacos a cheese and a large soda that's ten thousand and twelve dollars please drive around Wait, ten thousand what it's obvious you're buzzed and driving i've only had a few i'm fine yeah the food's 12 bucks but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around ten thousand dollars in fines legal fees and increased insurance rates please drive around Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Coming to Tampa Bay, I said we want to win a Super Bowl, and I believe we will. From IamSecond.com. We came close, but never really did win that championship. Former NFL head coach Tony Dungy. At the end of my sixth year, I was fired, and it was one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Next year, I'm in Indianapolis, get to the playoffs, but get knocked out again. And for the next couple of years, it's the same thing. Everyone is saying Colts are never going to win one. And I did wonder why didn't it pan out the way I thought it would. But I determined that I had to have Christ first and that everything else came below that, including my own desires. The next year, that ended up being our year to, to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Every decision I make, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. And he got us to that ultimate victory. I'm Tony Dungy, and I am second. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. 
before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I am an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always place this first. I will never accept defeat. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined. I am disciplined. Physically and mentally tough. Trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I'm an expert and I'm a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the, the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. I am an American soldier. I am an American soldier. See what it takes at GoArmy.com. Y'all need anything else? Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Jackson. Trending topics. All right. Welcome back to Live Exchange. So we've got um, some, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in the news happening all the time. But this one, um, the we've, we've heard kind of bits and pieces of the story of Sandra Bland. Um, ever since her unfortunate death in um, behind bars um, back in uh, I'm sorry back in 2015, well the family of Sandra Bland um, has reached a wrongful death settlement with the authorities. Um, for those of you who may not recall, um, she was a 28 year old African American woman from sh- suburban Chicago who had to be moved to Waller County. Or who moved to Waller County in 2015 seeking a job at her alma mater. Um, and a state trooper pulled her over for failing to sing- signal a lane change. And the situation escalated after Bland appeared to um, pull out her cell phone to record the stop. And she was accused of being combative and uncooperative. Months later, um, Bland, I'm sorry, months earlier, and this is key information and relevant to today's show, Bland had posted on Facebook about her depression and post-traumatic stress, but um, her family disputed that she exhibited feelings of despair in recent weeks. And um, if we know anything about post-traumatic stress, you don't necessarily have to exhibit despair um, every day in order to still be affected by it. So um, the grand jury in December decided not to bring charges in her death, although the Texas Department of Safety fired the officer in March after he was indicted on a perjury charge. And the details of that charge aren't unclear, but it's tied to him claiming that Bland was combative and uncooperative. So in, in addition to settling the suit, the Waller Counter, uh, County um, Sheriff's Office has agreed to install automated sensors to assure accurate and timely cell checks and at the jail and staff and on-duty nurse around the clock. The Waller County Jail will also seek to state legis- legislation for more funding to improve booking, screaming, screening, and training at the facility. So the one thing I have a, a, a major concern with is, you know, so, so the results of this is there's a settlement, and now we're going to install automated sensors to assure accurate, timely cell checks. Wonderful. That is assuming that the reason for her death was not... Um, due to foul play. So, you know, because if it was due to foul play, these cell checks are not going to do anything. And so it's unfortunate, um, in my opinion, that 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 this was 
seems to be a case that was kind of swept under the rug. Um, even though the, co- the officer was indicted, um, I do wonder, um, is there any further investigation that's going to happen to, to, to see if there was any foul play? So, um, and what's also concerning, and, and I, I would love to hear um, maybe the two of you chime in, um, is the idea or the, the, the fact that she had um, posted on Facebook about depression and post-traumatic stress. Um, I know there's a lot of work out there about police officers, health, um, helping professionals, um, emergency professionals being trauma aware when they are, uh, you know, addressing situations. And, and I just I want to give you an opportunity to comment if you had any thoughts or anything about that. Well, first thing I want to say is thank you so much for having us on and bringing us uh, to the forefront to talk about these issues. Uh, uh, PTSD, I'm so glad you brought it up. PTSD has is not just related to veterans right. and, and coming out of military and the things they suffered. It is in front, up front, is a mental disorder. And it comes from some type of trauma or consistent trauma or uh, it, major uh, traumas you may have received uh, during a period of time, uh, prolonged rape, uh, kidnapping, things of this nature. Mm-hmm. So this mental disorder, um, is, it should be addressed as such. Sometimes we give it a fancy name, post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. and it still is a depression, an anxiety, mm-hmm. a fear, a, a, a sense of hopelessness. And, and the funny thing about it, it, it doesn't, it's not automatic. We like we like to put things in a box and talk about it as, well, this just happened and we should see this result. Well, that's not how it works. It can come out years later. I have I brought I'm a veteran myself. Um, I brought two veterans here, disabled veterans um, that suffered injury uh, in our current war wars. Um, I have over 260 veterans, men and women on my list that I have to get to, and I don't possibly know, know how I can get to them all, but I would like to do so. And, and, and PTSD looks different in every person. Mm-hmm. It is a big difference in how she received her, her symptoms as opposed to how Sergeant Mathis would receive his mm-hmm. or, or Specialist uh, Young. Uh, so, so, and we have to address these issues as a, as as an individual cause so that we one day can get them better. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that concerned me when I read it, that the family said, well, we haven't seen any symptoms in her, you know, and, and I'm sure that was probably in her defense so that if she did exhibit symptoms that they might sweep her um, case under the rug and say, well, you know, she, she obviously was um, behaving in this way because of this. And um, so I think in her parents' attempt to defend her, um, they may have um, undermined uh, in, um, a condition that really needed to be looked at. Well, so. um, the biggest thing is is that people don't want to have a, a disorder. They don't want to have a disability. And when you're just going through your life normal without any issues going on, mental, uh, mental or physical, and then something happens in your life and that changes, then the first thing you try to do is hide that, to try to pretend to be mm-hmm. normal or look uh, in, in sort, how to look like you did before this incident hap- happened to you. So you're putting on a facade to your to your friends and family, and they're thinking, oh, well, I guess she's okay. She's a little weird now, you mm-hmm. know, but she's hiding. The problem yeah. is you it mentioned 22, 22 uh, suicides a day. The true numbers um, um, uh, it has to be higher. Uh, yeah, close, right. 35, I would say around 38, wow. the true numbers, wow. you know, uh, uh, suicide by police, suicide by drugs, su- suicide by alcohol or car. Wow. And we don't we don't account for all of those. And they didn't even count taxes. It's not even included in those numbers. 
Really? It's one of the largest veteran states in the country. Why would Texas be left out? They just don't report the statistics. Oh, wow. Well, you know, and, I, and I've gotten into this conversation before I met Sue, but I didn't properly introduce <laughs> our <laughs> guest because I can keep going because I have the things that you said I need to respond to, but um, I'm going to properly introduce our guest. And so um, sitting next to me, for those of you who are on Facebook Live, um, is um, Blake Top Dog Rashad. And he is one of the nation's leading dog experts, radio show host, and MC. Developed a uh, passion for dog training at a very early age. At 12 years old, he started walking, playing with, and training neighborhood dogs um, until a dog professional offered Top Dog. Uh, do you want me to call you Top Dog or Rashad? That's fine. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Blake is fine. Or, I mean, or, or Blake, you know, yeah. by the first name. Um, it, and he offered him an opportunity to train dogs as, at his local facility. And so I want him to tell us his story um, out of his own mouth, um, you know, as we as we carry on with the show. Um, but I also want to also introduce the other two gentlemen that have joined us. Um, we have... I see. I didn't write down the title. I'm sorry, Sergeant. Sergeant. Mitch I Mathis. need to get it right. Sergeant Mitch Mathis, um, U.S. Army, and also Specialist Ryan Young, um, U.S. Army, and uh, they're here to also share their stories. But um, I, well, I'm going to go to break first. But I can continue. <laughs> like I said, I have some some uh, other questions. This is a very um, touchy topic, and um, so I want to make sure that we get it right and we get it straight so that um, people have a better understanding um, by the end of the show. So stay with us on the live exchange, and we'll be right back. Hate religion. religion. Pretty shocking to hear coming from a pastor, huh? I'm Jasper. This is my wife, Alicia Williams. We would absolutely love to have you come and take a visit at the church. We're strictly about relationships. It's about deepening your walk, walk with God. God. 4845 South Old Peachtree Road, Norcross, Georgia. Or you can hit us online at www.thechurchinfo.org. Remember, at the church, it's about relationship, not religion. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. My webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Great leaders aren't born. They're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. All 
right. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. Today we are talking post-traumatic stress disorder, but um, also um, I'm going to be looking a little bit at post-traumatic growth as well because I see evidence of that um, happening here. And I'm joined um, by two or well, three, three gentlemen who um, all have um, stories that they're going to share with us. And, um, and first, um, I'd love to hear, you know, from you, Blake, about your foundation and what it's about and how you got it started. Yes. Um, foundation is Top Dog Canine Foundation. It's a 501c3. Uh, it came into existence in 2011. I started doing work for veterans much sometime before that and then I got committed um, to helping veterans more and more and dealing with the issues and dealing with my, with my own issues uh, but, it, but today I'm here to talk about uh, the gentlemen that I have here and how they contacted my program for their needs there's an increasing number of, of veterans coming out now and PTSD is, is coming up more and more and there are scientific studies that showing that shows that a dog saves saves lives, right. and and in, and and that's why um, Mitch came to um, Top Dog uh, Top Dog Canine Foundation. Mitch, would you like to um, add in add a few words? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know started just kind of going downhill. I got out of the military in '07, um, and uh, um, after a, an IED last um where i was uh burned and uh you know had several other orthopedic injuries um i got out of the military and uh you know just did exactly what you were talking about ignored the symptoms as in and then they got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then towards the uh the end of last year just went through the bottom um so after several visits through the va and then throwing uh, medication at me like spaghetti trying to stick it to a wall it was uh, you know nothing was helping and uh, so I contacted uh, the local vet center in Lawrenceville and um, he got me in touch with uh, with Blake and then Blake got me in touch with Wounded Warrior and uh, we kind of went from there and since then he's he's even offered me an internship so he can teach me because he sees how it's therapeutic for me just to work with the animals not not only have a dog for myself but working with the animals and coming in and being able to pet them and train them and stuff like that so it's been really really a good thing you know and I still have my ups and downs and and he knows it last night was a really really bad night and uh I was able to call him and Des to come over and uh really kind of talk me down and it, and and it's been really great it's got you know my, most of my family's in Texas and uh so yeah. I've got a new family out here now oh that's a blessing that is a blessing and and if you know, and I know that ups and downs, you know, look different for different people. And if you know, if you're not interested in sharing that, that's fine. But uh, and even in general, what can a down look like um, for somebody? And this is for either, either of the two of you. Uh, I mean, it can be anything. You know, heavy drinking, depression, uh, aggression, irritability, um, reckless behavior. Just what you know, it can it can look like a whole lot of different things. I think one of the biggest things uh, that's common um, for most people that suffer PTSD, whether it's from war or from rape or from um, what this young lady w was going through, is um, 
we tend to average about 10 to, which people don't know, we tend to average about 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 hours a week of sleep. It's the lack of sleep which adds to that anxiety, which adds to that, that fear and that depression. And, and, and for, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of it is, is anxiety. Even when you sleep, you can suffer anxiety um, and, and hopelessness, and it, it hinders your sleep. So it's a reoccurring circle back to anxiety and depression just making a 24-hour loop when um when when i mean some days what we get one hour two hours some nights you know or zero hours and that's not even then and that's not even good when you don't have any other conditions and you're just you know one hour of sleep can can make a person delirious you know and uh, you're right. You're absolutely right, and uh, and it doesn't get any better. It gets worse day by day. Out how to function that way, though, and so you you hide it and you do stuff mm-hmm. to keep you going. Right. You put on that happy face or whatever. Put on the mask. And, you need you know, have, yeah. I mean, night sweats, night terrors, nightmares, stuff like that. It's it's very very common. Ergo, the reason to increase your alcohol intake, increase your your prescription medicine intake to try to put yourself in a zombie-like state so you can sleep. Wow. And and that's why a lot of soldiers uh, choose uh, alcohol because it is a depressant and it helps with sleeping. But there's no truth. <laughs> alcohol does not help with sleeping, but it makes you feel like it does. Right, right. Wow. Okay, well, we're, we're going to go to break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to look at a little bit of the research and talk about, um, you know, um, just I want to know a little bit more about terminology as well. So we'll be right back on the Live Exchange. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. Hey, parents, finding it hard to communicate with kids in today's world of ever-changing slang? Hi, son. Excuse me? Introducing the Communicizer. Just strap non-toxic Communicizer to your mouth and go from boring old man speak. Oh, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. To 100% off the chain. Text me whenever, yo. It's that easy. Thanks to Communicizer, I'm relevant to my kids again. I mean, a fly, boo. And now when you buy Communicizer, you get the auto-tune attachment free. Sounds so hip-hop, your kids will want to talk to you for hours. I used to have to walk three miles uphill to school every morning. Short day. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Communicizer is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUsKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council. I am an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always this first. I will never accept defeat. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined. I am disciplined. Physically and mentally tough. Trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. I always maintain my honor. 
I am an expert and I am a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the, the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. American soldier. I am an American soldier. I am an American soldier. They're strong, and there's Army strong. See what it takes at GoArmy.com. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. If you're looking for that ratchet, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station, Sensation Station Network. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. Man, it's a small world. During the break, Blake and I uh, just realized that we had already crossed paths (laughs) Uh, presenting at a a conference, uh, Unspoken Wounds in Savannah, Georgia. And um, at that conference, I actually presented the information that I'm about to share with you now. Um, You know, I used the word healing earlier um, when I introduced the show, and there's really no cure for um, PTSD from my understanding. But, um, and so so I use the word healing in terms of what you're doing and and, um, helping people to have better lives and manage their lives um, in light of post-traumatic um, stress disorder. And post-traumatic growth um, is a concept that, um, well, first I'll tell you what it means. It's positive psychological change experienced as a result of the struggle with ma- major life crisis or traumatic event. So as Blake has articulated a couple of times, trauma is not necessarily um, just related to combat. Um, so post-traumatic um, growth can apply um, to people who have experienced sexual abuse and other forms of trauma as well. And so so the idea in, in, in um, basic terms is that we go through traumatic experiences and there are some that rise above after and they're able to um, live powerful, um, empowering lives as a result. And you actually use that trauma to, um, to help others and to help themselves. And, um, and so there are, there are a lot of ways in which that's manifested. And so... Just some information about post-traumatic growth. Just because individuals experience growth does not mean that they will not suffer. So it doesn't mean that it's gone and it's over. It, it, it you know, they still have those difficult days and they, and those challenges. Um, but they, they have been able to grow from the experience in general and still need to manage those difficult days. Um, this does not de- imply that uh, post or that traumatic events are good. So because somebody experiences post-traumatic growth, it doesn't mean that it was good that they experienced the trauma. Um, I know a lot of people like to brush things off and say, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And (laughs) sometimes that can actually be more painful than (laughs) helpful. Um, Post-traumatic growth is not universal. So everybody doesn't necessarily experience it. Um, In in many cases, it takes intentional initiatives, um, very similar to what um, Blake is doing and his foundation is doing um, in order to foster post-traumatic growth. Um, And it can result in a resilience for future events that may otherwise be traumatic. So, um, in other words, a, a person who experiences post-traumatic growth um, may um, 
for lack of better words, bounce back from um, other traumatic situations in a better way than other people would because they've gone through it and they've strength. They, they're, they're a little bit stronger or maybe a lot stronger um, than the average person would be when it comes to dealing with um, trauma. Um, there are five positive outcomes of post-traumatic growth. So this is basically what you'll see in a person who's experienced post-traumatic growth. They have improved relationships, um, perhaps as a result of valuing those close to them. Um, they see new possibilities for their lives, so they, they have a new sense of hope that they didn't have before. They often re-evaluate um, their career options as a result of this hope. Um, they experience greater appreciation for life. Um, they report a greater sense of personal strength, and they develop spirituality as an important part of their lives. In other words, um, spirituality um, can also mean purpose. They understand that they have a purpose in their life, and, and they are more committed to living out that purpose. So... That's the gist of post-traumatic growth. This is, um, uh, there's a body of research that's really being housed at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and um, they are really spearheading this whole initiative. Um, and so they've also developed an inventory where you can actually um, assess somebody to determine whether or not they're experiencing growth. So that's post-traumatic growth in a, in a sense. I would, I, I'm curious to know if you, if you all have anything to add to that. Is that something that seems to make sense, resonate based on your experience actually working with individuals that is uh, excellent information and um one key point that you made was it's not universal um so uh, there is growth and there is also regression from that growth. Yes. So, so it's a it's a dangerous line that that we travel, right. and 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 veterans find themselves having we're looking for uh, full weeks of less anxiety and less depression. And so, it's what we, what we call it in our business is uh, we're we're striving for the new norm. Mm. Things are okay. never going to be like right. it was. And and the VA and the military and the government and and, and the psychiatrists. What they look at is he went through a program called the SHARE program. Maybe he'll tell us a little bit about that. But what it did is make him. Uh, uh, Ryan did. You did. What, did you go I, something? I, I went through the uh, prolonged exposure therapy. Prolonged exposure, okay. which is another one that, that's a great program. But what's, what's tough about this program, it force, it breaks down the elements of your traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it forces you to go and deal with every part right. from your own injury to the loss of others, to the injury of others. Right. And and um, maybe, uh, Ryan, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Mitch will share some of that with us. Uh, yeah, well, it involves, first off, that it has what's called in vivo exposures, which is basically homework assignments where it's weekly therapy, usually 90 minutes long for up to 14 weeks. Um, mm -hmm. But the homework assignments are to get you out of the house Go walk around the grocery store, go to Walmart, go to the mall, and then record your anxiety level and make you keep doing it until you start to bring that anxiety level down. Wow. Um, the other part of it is the visualization part of it where you basically record yourself with the therapist reliving as if you were actually there the you know main traumatic events that uh, that kind of started all this and then you go home and you listen to it wow. every day that seems really interesting. so you get worse before you get better you do get worse wow. before you get better wow yeah and and i'm i'm familiar with ex exposure therapy is probably more the umbrella term mm -hmm. for the different forms um and i, I haven't 
seen it in action or actually heard somebody speak about it. And so, I, what was that experience like for it's, you? Uh, I mean, it's it's really tough. You know, by the by the end, I mean, I was able to bring my anxiety levels down. I've wow. been able to get out a little bit, you know, well, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, going through it with the dog now is actually kind of raises that level back up now because he brings attention so i've got to start mm-hmm. getting used to taking him out now okay. to those different places but the visual the visualization stuff was uh pretty intense um having to uh basically relive that explosion and, and uh, the loss of life and the injuries and, and that kind of stuff right right we were able to do a, a movie actually it's not something that's customary for guys that went through men and women that go through ptsd because of the the, the way it's set up, uh, the, the darkness and the sounds. And um, we were able to do a movie with these gentlemen, which it was a big step forward just for them to agree to do so. Yeah, wow. Well, um, every, every time I have more questions, we have to go <laughs> break. So, But I want you all to stay tuned, um, and we'll be right back on the Live Exchange. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world make a positive change in yourself and the world go to academyofcreativecoaching.com okay so five tacos of cheese and a large soda that's ten thousand and twelve dollars please drive around ten thousand what it's obvious you're buzzed and driving i've only had a few i'm fine yeah the food's 12 bucks but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around ten thousand dollars in fines legal fees and increased insurance rates please drive around Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along... I don't think he'd find his way back home, but it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. And so a new American industry has been born. Sensation Station Network. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right, welcome back to Live Exchange. So one of the things that I, I just talked about, post-traumatic growth, and one of the aspects of post-traumatic growth is uh, that, that whole sense of life purpose, and that you know that's the fifth element of it, and you have a sense of purpose. And one of the things that I would love to challenge you all to do, um, you know, Blake has found his purpose based on a natural ability that he has. And um, I encourage you all to consider your own life purpose this week. That is my challenge for you this week. What is your purpose? Are you living your purpose? Um, and, and a lot of us don't know what that is and don't haven't really honed in on it. Um, we struggle to know what our gifts and talents are. And I encourage you to look at your childhood. What are some of the things that you did well as a child? Some of the things that you thrived in 
that gave you joy as a child. Um, sometimes as we become adults, some of those things get wiped away. Uh, we forget about them. But that might be a clue to what your purpose is. So this month, this week, actually this week, I really want you to think about what your life purpose is. And that is your challenge for this week. All right. So um, just to kind of wrap up our um, conversation um, with regards to Sergeant Mitch's um, experience. Um, I just, I wanted to, and and you asked this uh, probably much better than I would (laughs) during the commercial break, but um, really kind of getting a a better understanding of some of those dark moments. Um, Yes. um, Myself um, were, was in, I was at times in my life, I was in that very dark place and um and and you have to pull from those moments of happiness of or your loved ones to get through it because that place get darker and darker and darker until it points it it, it, it blacks you out mm-hmm. so um and i was able to to get myself better and my purpose you were talking about finding your purpose and my purpose to commit to the rest of my life to helping veterans has has put me in a position where I don't have to see that dark place, that dark place mm-hmm. again. And, and Mitch himself, um, uh, you know, very close, uh, close to this young man. Um, he tends to go to that dark place a lot, a lot more often than we should. And Mitch, would you elaborate a little bit more on that? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it just has to do with, uh, you know, relationship issues, uh, that I've, that I've struggled with since all of this started, um, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, ex-wife and kids, and uh, um, it tends to send me into a shell in my in my house, and I can't get off the couch or I can't get out of bed, and um, and, and and that's what it looks like for me. And when it gets really really bad, is when I that's when I call, and now I have family that I can call um, that will respond immediately and come see me. And but uh, as far as purpose is concerned, um, working with V Dogs has. Um, really given me some a reason to get up and get out of the house every day as much as I can I love that that's amazing and and and, you know we see I'm I'm sitting here with two men who are um you know in very different places but still have a shared purpose and and I can see really a, a mutual um reliance on each other so you know so I I can see that that Blake really counts on Sergeant Mitch to you know, to, to help, to assist, to get better, to improve himself. And likewise, you, you know, this organization is somebody you can call when you're struggling. And so, um, that's an amazing, you know, mutual purpose that, yeah. that I'm and I've had, I've had, I've really had to, to work on learning to reach out for that help. And it's, and it's, and it takes, you know, to even admit that you need somebody there to help you. Um, it takes a while to even, uh, to get to that place where you can do that. Right. That's that's the number one thing. Any veterans listen, listen out there, everybody has a veteran in their family or someone they know is a veteran. Mm-hmm. And that point I want I want to raise is that you first have to be willing to. You can't do it alone. You have to reach out, and it's somebody you should be able to reach out to. And and you can you can go to vdog.org and and there's a contact number on there. You can reach out reach out to us if you have no one else. Um, but somebody needs to be there for you when you go to that dark place. You cannot stay in that place long. How do you know when it's bad enough to, you know, because some people may say, yeah, I'm feeling down, but it's, I'm fine. How do you know when you're not fine? How, do, when is it time to call, to make that call? Well, uh, your hopelessness engulfs you where 
things don't matter anymore, when you'll think, when you start to think, maybe I'll be better if I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. That's when, that's when um, um, and you should be asking for help before you get to that point. Mitch, would, wh- what is your point? Do you, uh, to be honest with you, we're working, we're working with you. You call me well past that point that I just mentioned. It just, uh, it, it, it creeps up, you know, and you, and you think that you're okay for a little while, and then all of a sudden it just, you, you know, you bottom out, mm-hmm. and uh, you start having these thoughts that, you know, you know, maybe um, everyone else, I'm just a burden uh, on everybody else. Maybe they'd just be better off without me, um, and, and it, you, you go there really quick, um, and uh, I know it's it's hard to know an exact point where you say i need to call somebody um but uh you know for me it's uh, it's like a i'm in crisis I, and i know i'm in crisis and i know i've got to call somebody yeah well it's weapon in hand uh, with mitch it's weapon in hand when he calls me and 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 then my anxiety goes up but i got to get to this brother i got to yeah. get to this battle buddy and um and but um once again the growth is there He's getting better. It's yeah. not every day, mm-hmm. but I, we don't expect it to be. Right, right. So, I mean, and, and essentially what's happening is um, you're you're keeping him alive. He's keeping himself alive by reaching out. All by, of us. Yeah. We all need it's, each other. Yeah. That doesn't That's mean amazing. just because I lately I haven't been there, that doesn't mean right. I can't go there again. Right, right. And so, it, wow, that is, that is really amazing. And just, um, you know, I and what I failed to do is really kind of give you all a um, – a definition really and of, of what trauma looks like and um so when we come back i'm going to give you that you guys that a little bit and um and i want to thank mitch for joining us um and uh so just giving us his story thank you for green light hey girl school zone i'm getting hungry car changing lanes you want to meet me for pizza stop sign intersection clear yeah street pizza sounds good Ballin Street? Girlin Street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th President of our United States. Most people know him as a man of great wisdom and vision. What many don't realize, however, is that when it came to finding late model sedans at government auctions, or even looking up a zip code, Mr. Lincoln's wisdom was sadly lacking. In fact, the citizens of that day knew it best not to even ask. Fortunately, now there's firstgov.gov, the official place to turn when you need information about federal, state, and local government. Whether it's how to get a student loan, renew your passport, or even apply for a small business loan. All three of which, as numerous historians have noted, were remarkably absent from Lincoln's Gettysburg address. So go to firstgov.gov. Who knows? If Abe had it in his day, he could have checked out an auction and traded that drafty log cabin for a nice condo on Maui. Firstgov.gov, a monumental source of useful information. Okay, so five tacos, a cheese, and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Adopt US Kids presents multiple choice parenting. You've accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within. Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have. Ta da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the US Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council. And so a new American industry has been born. Sensation Station Network. All right, welcome back to the live exchange. One of our um, listeners and followers um, is you know, paying attention as well. Uh, Penny Arrington just uh, commented, absolutely awesome mutual purpose that you all have here. Um, and and I, I would wholeheartedly agree. Um, one, one of the things I would like to do um, before I introduce our next guest is just to give you an idea of what trauma is. Um, we, we understand, we're here, I shouldn't say we understand, we hear a lot about PTSD, but we don't necessarily dive into what trauma is. And what trauma is in general is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Um, it can be emotional shock following a stressful event or a physical injury, um, which may be associated with physical shock and sometimes leads to long-term neurosis. Um, and, and it could be just simply, um, I shouldn't say simply, um, but a physical injury. And so um, trauma can have a profound effect on one's lives. All trauma doesn't um, result in PTSD. Um, but when it does, um, these are, you see what happens is people will relive the event, um, avoid reminders of the event. And, um, so on the college campus in particular, um, one of the things I've, I've trained faculty to consider is if you have veterans who've experienced PTSD in the classroom, having them, um, in a position where their back is to the door is not, ideal or having them in a position in which they are, um, you know, not able to, you know, where they're kind of um, barricaded by other desks and things like that. And so those are things that we may not think about on a, on a regular basis, but that we have to be aware of. Um, other symptoms, trouble sleeping, overly tired, upset stomach, trouble eating, headaches, sweating, rapid heartbeat or breathing, um, and then existing health problems become worse. And so these are um, symptoms that you may see um, from a mild on a mild standpoint um, with stress in general stress affects the body but when it becomes PTSD um, it, it's so much more extreme than just the average stress that we may experience um, some mental and emotional reactions involve bad dreams and nightmares flashbacks anger feeling nervous feeling guilty sad agitated um, so there there are a lot of um, uh, uh, reactions that are mental and emotional. And then there's also behavioral reactions, um, such as drinking, lack of exercise, um, not no longer doing the things that 
um, a person wants love to do, um, sexual activity, um, things like that. And so that's just to give you a, a really quick, brief um, Cliff Notes version of what post-traumatic stress is. And now, and, and one of the questions I did have was about terminology. When I was at this conference in particular, mm-hmm. um, I was at a session in which um, a veteran was saying, I don't want to be labeled as a disorder. I want it to be called post-traumatic stress. And until this conference, I had always put post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, my session was after he spoke. So I immediately went and changed everything <laughs> from post-traumatic stress disorder to post-traumatic stress. Earlier, um, uh, when we first got on the show, you said, you know, people like to call it fancy things like post-traumatic stress. So I just wanted to know if that was an intentional, um, you know, is, is there a terminology that's more appropriate or, or is it just um, based on preference? Well, we, we have to be honest with ourselves. I do understand um, not to be put into a stigma and want to call it a disorder, but it is a mental disorder. It is a, is a change in the way you perceive things. So, so, and, and if we can't address it as that, it's kind of to heal, it's kind of hard to, to heal it or to make it better. Uh, you know, so we can give it a fancy name if, if it makes someone feel uh, better, mm-hmm. but traditionally um, uh, uh, handling uh, mental disorders is is not an easy thing, and especially if you get into cultural culturally, oh, yeah. uh, 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 Hispanic and African Americans uh, tend to shield or withdraw or to hide their their mental disorders. Right. Uh, um, and some other uh, other countries and other um, uh, races embrace disorders and deal with them head on. What countries do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well uh, actually, 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 Caucasians in America do fairly well with right. going after and dealing with mental mental disorder as as well as physical disorder. Right. I grew up here in the South, mm-hmm. and, and I had some family members that weren't put into special schools because they couldn't hear or they had uh, mm-hmm. meningitis or things of that nature. They were just kind of tucked away. I have family like that, too. It's, well, yeah, so absolutely. it's a little bit different. Right, absolutely. Wow. And, and speaking of culture, with regards to um, military culture, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm here to learn, too, um, does the the whole idea of are you trained to mask your feelings and your emotions as a way to be able to engage in combat? And does that then affect how you respond to when you need help? Like, you know, when it comes to after you're, you're back home, does it then condition you to not reach out for help as a result? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything about the military teaches you to suck it up and, and move forward. Uh, you don't go to sick call. You don't, when, you, when you do, you're chastised. You, you, you're ridiculed. It, it's like, don't say anything. Make it happen. You have a mission to do. And regardless if you have PTSD or not, just coming out of the military and trying to make a, 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 a transition, in, a transition into um, normal civilian life is difficult because of those very things we come out here and one time for us it's 15 minutes early one time for for the rest of america it's 50, uh, 30 minutes late that was you me. know and, <laughs> and then we got to do <laughs> and we got to deal with people saying uh coming to work and say i hate this job i wish i wasn't here but they chose that job mm. we don't come from that place mm. we come from if you if you we have a task to do we get it done right you know, so it's just a little different regardless of the mental health disorder. Just dealing with the transition is hard enough. And and I don't know. I wonder if that is even something that can be changed, because how do you train somebody to engage in war without, you know, is, is there any solution to that? Because you have to numb yourself to what 
you're about to engage in. You have to you have to train the person. You have to change the way the person thinks and functions. It is a form of no one likes to talk about it. It is a form of brainwash and reconditioning. You cannot you cannot take a person, a man or woman off the street and, and, and give them a week's worth of training and then send them into combat. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. It mm -hmm. takes time to re you're taught no matter what's going on ahead of you, go forward. Imagine that. Bombs, fire, explosions. Right. Keep going forward. Who does that? Military, police officers do. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're groomed. It takes weeks and weeks of training to get you in the mindset that this is what I do regardless. I follow, I follow orders. Right, right. Wow. And so, and yeah, and I guess then there really is no solution other than maybe retraining if it's possible to, to unlearn or untrain time. 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 time, time, and family. Yeah, time and family. People that oh, have patience with you, and, and they can tell you that uh, you know, hey, tone it down a little bit. You know, it's not like that out here. Calm down. Yeah, you know. So, and our loved ones, and we learn to choose the languages that fit out here as opposed to the firm language that we have in there. Well, and and, and family would then need to be trained as well to know how to respond. When how to al allow us to take time to adjust. Yes. How do I? Well, I you know I can go on and on. So and and you know Ryan's uh, specialist Ryan, you know you're welcome to chime in at any time because I tend to just ramble on. But uh, but thank you so much uh, for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. So you so tell me about your experience in um in, in what led you to uh, this organization that's name um, is leaving me Top Dog <laughs> K Nine Foundation. Um. Well, for me. Um, I got out of the military in 2015. I got medically retired. Uh, and I was in a nowhere zone. Uh, I didn't care really about much. I, I, bar I barely ever left my house. If I did, it was to go to the gas station real quick, grab a pack of smokes or some beer um, or hard alcohol or something like that. But I, I turned into a hermit as soon as I got out of the military, dealing with nightmares and flashbacks, uh, survivor's guilt. Um, oh yeah, un, uh, just uncontrollable body urges. Sometimes, if someone came out of my blind spot, uh, and I just—I mean, I've been that close to nailing a couple old ladies who don't know about personal space, just because mm -hmm. um, I was—I was eleven Bravo. I was an infantryman. I trained at Fort Benning, and um, then I was stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington, and uh, it just going to Afghanistan and doing the job that I had to do and everything like that, you know, that hypervigilance is just out of this out of this world. You know, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. My family didn't know how to deal with it. Um, it was taking a real toll on my wife and my daughter, um, becoming very distant and, hmm. and real secluded in my own house. How fast are uh, that unexpected aggression? Uh, matter of fact, the dog that we're training for him uh, um, is being taught block and cover, so it, so that if he has a confrontation with a person in front of him, the dog flanks him and what? pushes against him, so that he can have contact with the dog. And all we're looking for is a few seconds of displacement, right? So that he can think about his family and this dog and not the person in front of you. But what I'm asking him That's is, beautiful. is that unexpected aggression is what gets our veterans in trouble. You can be calm like now and someone can say something out of place to him or he feel threatened. And, and it's not like, I mean, people love to say it's, it's a flash. No, it's not a flash that I just, you just thought back to war and now you want to kill this person. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's like, I don't have a tolerance for you. Right. 
Would you agree? Yeah. I'm, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, one thing that gets me a lot is my road rage. Uh, <laughs> I, I come many a times ripping my steering wheel off. I actually broke my wife's steering wheel one time, um, just because it when you, when you're downrange, it's uh, there's not a whole lot of rules. We mm-hmm. we own the road, you know. Right. Um, there's no stoplights or stop signs in Afghanistan. There's there's none of that. You got a couple of their national police directing sometimes, but other than that, there's no lanes. Everybody just kind of oh, this is what we're doing. So when you get over here, and 60 miles an hour, and you got to turn your blinker on and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's like you know you just think people are dumb, just mm-hmm. utterly dumb and no common sense, um, and, and it drives me up the wall, but. To answer Rashad's question is um, through a lot of therapy and everything, what I've realized that with veterans, you know, the the, the good old saying where zero to 60, right. you know, like that. Well, for uh, most veterans, you know, especially combat veterans, it's we're already revving at 50. So then mm. 60 is just right there. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what it has to, that deals with a lot of, the aggression is just you're already at that point because the hypervigilance, you're just anticipating anything to go wrong. It's like being Chucky off of Rugrats, thinking of everything that's going to go wrong, and you just want to be prepared. Confrontation, wow. com- being confrontational is already home. Right. When you come from combat, confrontation is home. So all you need is two steps forward, and, and you're committed you're to an, an aggressive mo- moment. Right. Wow. Well, we're, on that note, we're going we're to go to break, and we're going to come back, and I'm um, I- um, just continue this conversation. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Love Notes with Dr. Pamela. All right, welcome back. We are um, good to Love Notes. And so I have a very brief uh, question that I received. Um, dear Dr. Pamela, my son wants to join the military. I'm very worried for him. I fear the combat, but I also fear the risk of PTSD and lack and the lack of support provided um, for our troops thereafter. Thoughts? Um, worried parent. You have any thoughts? <laughs> I, I, Ask the experts here. I have a son. Um, uh, he's, he's 14, and he's considering um, going into the military. And one thing that you'll hear collectively from these three gentlemen and countless other veterans that have suffered from the military or just came out and, and have not, we have no regrets. We have no regrets. We, are, we don't get into the politics. We are proud of what we've done, mm-hmm. and we don't justify what we've done to anyone. Right. So, um, so when we see young men and women that want to follow um, the, the roads that we travel, um, we're, we're honored. And and there are and we need a strong military and to 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 keep people safe and we need intelligent people and and like-minded and, and, and calm and stable people to go through this job so that we can still have this America that we we love so much. Right, right. Wow, I don't think I could have given a better answer than that. Go ahead. Well, being the most recent of, of veterans, 
um, I would say with how the Army has changed just from Rashad's generations to Mitch's a few years back to mine most recent, um, just to answer the woman's question about her son wanting to go in, something that I've always noticed is that the military is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100% not for everybody. I mean, walking into basic and having guys drop out right then and there because you know, we haven't even gone to our actual training. We're just getting our gear right now, but the guys can't deal with it, you know, guys and girls, you know. it's mm-hmm. So uh, the way I look at it is um, test yourself, prepare yourself. You know, if you if you think you uh, want to be in the military, go play with some guns at a range, get correct, you know, training and make sure you're comfortable shooting weapons, you know. Right. I don't know how people yell at you, you know, just put yourself... Do your research. Do, yeah, do your own homework if that's something that you want to do because if you go in there blind and all of a sudden you got an attitude and you get front kicked by a drill sergeant that, you know, yeah. you that's your fault. You, got, <laughs> you, you don't you got, go, you, you once you sign that dotted line, you're signing your life away. Right. You, um, you're going to do everything you can for Uncle Sam. Wow. And, and, and uh, the one thing I will add is that the families um, really need to, be prepared and 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 do their research as well and know how to prepare themselves for the return of their loved one um so that you know there's there's probably no level of preparation you can do to be 100 percent there but um the family is such an essential um aspect of of the process what i would say is uh, we were talking about a comeback but there's so many different branches of the, of the military and there's so many jobs yes. within uh, even the army that you can do that are non-combat and you know I, I, for instance i when I went in, they offered me the position, and I didn't know I didn't know it existed to be a cartoonist. Wow! I turned it down, <laughs> but but that was amazing that we they have oh, jobs so like many. that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, we're we're gonna go to break, um, and uh, we'll be right back on the live exchange. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. Uh, we are in the second hour of the show, and wow, we have just got so much um, information for you today and, and some some really compelling life experiences. And um, I think the greatest thing that I'm getting out of this is that, you know, we all need each other. And no matter where we are in our own journeys, whether we feel like we've arrived, um, the problem is if we feel like we've arrived, we probably aren't going to be much help to others. Um, and so what I love about this leader sitting next to me is that, um, you you know, he acknowledges his struggle is up and down, but he's using his gifts and talents to help others as well. And I think that probably makes him connect with others, you know, um, in a much better real way, um, as opposed to coming at it like I'm fixed. So let me fix you. Um, and that tends to be a, um, a problem. You know, when I do a lot of my talks um, with regards to PTSD and post-traumatic growth, um, I often, and I go in terrified because I realize that I am not, um, I had not experienced combat. I've not been in the military. And so I'm this person from the outside, you know, who's, who's done research, who's trying to educate caregivers about here's what this looks like. Um, and so when I go on, you know, I learn so much more than what I intend to impart to to other people because um, there's there's just really no way of fully understanding the experience of uh, you know of others. Um, you know, even if you 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 partner with them and you work with them, I will never fully understand 
um, you know, the experience. And so I try to come at it quite humbly. So <laughs> if there's any area in which I need to be corrected, you know, please, you know, jump in and, and let me know at any time. There, there are challenges, even for me. I've been doing this quite some time. I've been training dogs for over 30 years. Uh, um, and, and even dealing with, there are, I had an opportunity, I didn't get a chance to work with her um, long. She uh, she moved on. She had some serious problems with PTSD. But she she were, she were was in, um, um, I can't remember the, the Army or the Marines. I don't really remember that. But her problem was not combat. It was being raped by multiple leaders Mm-hmm. over over an eight year period wow. from base to base and it will change you know and 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 it's e- easily to think well maybe it was her but that's the wrong thought <laughs> you know just because she went to base to base and she got raped again meaning that that men shouldn't rape in the first place <laughs> even if she is a victim we shouldn't take advantage of it exactly <laughs> yeah. so 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 we can't blame it on the victim but that was her personal PTSD. Wow. And that was a new challenge for me for the short period of time I, I was dealing with her. That was a new challenge for me mm-hmm. because we were coming from a different perspective of PTSD at this point. Right, right. Well, and, and I was wondering about that, you know, if there are the different experiences yield different types of solutions if the pets uh, I don't know if you're calling them pets or dogs or mm-hmm. dogs, <laughs> dogs. Yeah. but if the V-dogs um, actually uh, would work for everybody in, in every kind of traumatic situation um, so I also want to um, you know keep Ryan into in this conversation I know I, I don't know if you mentioned the, the traumatic experience or if you wanted to talk about that at all um, I mean mine was over in Afghanistan in 2012 um, I I was evading enemy fire. I had to jump off of my uh, very large truck. I ended up uh, compressing my sh- uh, heel into my ankle, collapsing all the cartilage. Uh, I had stress fractures go all the way up my left leg, ligament and muscle damage all the way up my left leg through my back. Um, and then I got into a, a Humvee accident, actually stateside. Uh, that messed up the rest of my body. Um, but that wasn't so much as my traumatic event. It was like, yeah, you know, I want to stay away from RPGs, you know, that'll save my life. But um, I lost a, a, a deer battle over there that I couldn't do anything for because I was on a separate mission. Um, and then a couple of, uh, you know, contacts and, and sniper fire, you know, and it's sometimes you just don't realize what's going on because all the heat and everything but you know when you get back you know you get back to your tent and all of a sudden you know or you're doing maintenance and i'm looking at my window at my truck going if i line that up just right to how i was supposed to actually be sitting down oh that that could have been it right there for the broke the second pane of my bulletproof glass wow you know so uh and my wife was pregnant while i was on deployment so it's uh you know, every every time something like that happened, I'm just like, uh, this this can't be the day. Mm-hmm. You know, but being being in the military and like I said, when you sign that dotted line, you know, it's what you're prepared to do. You know, it's not something you can be scared of. One, when you get scared, you you hesitate. When you hesitate, you make mistakes. And usually, it's not you the one who dies. It's usually your battle hole died because of your mistake. And that's that survivor's remorse. That okay. well, we um we're we're gonna go to another break. Uh, when we come back, um, I really want to hear about how you came to the V Dogs mm-hmm. organization. All right, we'll be right back. 
Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of our United States. Most people know him as a man of great wisdom and vision. What many don't realize, however, is that when it came to finding late model sedans at government auctions, or even looking up a zip code, Mr. Lincoln's wisdom was sadly lacking. In fact, the citizens of that day knew it best not to even ask. Fortunately, now there's firstgov.gov, the official place to turn when you need information about federal, state, and local government. Whether it's how to get a student loan, renew your passport, or even apply for a small business loan. All three of which, as numerous historians have noted, were remarkably absent from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. So go to firstgov.gov. Who knows? If Abe had it in his day, he could have checked out an auction and traded that drafty log cabin for a nice condo on Maui. Firstgov.gov, a monumental source of useful information. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Are you thinking about getting your GED diploma? Well, here at the GED Pep Talk Center, we've got a number of pep talks that can motivate you. Sometimes things don't always turn out the way you want them to. You know that feeling? People look at you and don't believe in you. You want some gentle encouragement. Then you're on your way to your GED diploma and a better life. But I know they're probably just a little bit nervous. You can find it in yourself to take that first step. You can improve your future. You can do this. I know you can. You need to start pushing yourself. Now get your game face on and take the first step towards a better life. Hurry up. Don't make me repeat myself. Whatever level of motivation you need to get your GED diploma, we've got a pep talk that's right for you. Call 1-877-38-YOUR-GED or visit yourged.org for your pep talk and find free GED classes in your area. GED is a registered trademark of the American Council on Education. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome to today's lottery drawing. Good luck. And here's today's winning numbers. First one up, it's not yours. Second one, not yours. And another number that's not yours. Okay, this is one number that's yours. It's a five, but you don't get any money for that. And the final number is not yours. Yep, so chances are you're not going to hit the lottery anytime soon. Don't get us wrong. The lottery can be fun every now and then. Just please don't rely on it for your future savings. How about this? Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte every day. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Ride your bike instead of buying all that gas. These changes alone can save you thousands a year. Thousands. Small changes today, big bucks tomorrow. Feed that piggy bank. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Primary election. Lack of diversity. Gas prices. Michael Glass. Trending topics. All right, welcome back to the live exchange. Um, I am, there's so much in, in, you know, Blake, you just mentioned what sounds just an, just awful beyond comprehension um, is awful. Also the, the situation of the woman you said had, had experienced rape 
over an eight-year period over at different camps and um, or locations. And, and my goodness, uh, you know, it just seems that there's a lot of news going on around about rape cases being dismissed or minimized and um, the, the level of trauma that the rape alone causes, let alone having that being dismissed, swept under the rug. Um, in this particular case, um, there was a judge... Um, and I just wrote his name down and I <laughs> lost it. Um, but this judge in particular um, basically suggested that she probably should have kept her knees together. Um, and, uh, you know, as I, you know, listened to this um, story and, and watched this story, you know, he uh, he had a lot of advice to give. And his advice to her was she should have kept her her, her knees together. Um, you know, this rape happened over a, a, a sink in a bathroom. Um, and that she should have maybe pushed her pelvis forward so that he could not have had access to her. Um, he told the guy, I want you to tell your friends, your male friends, that they have to be far more gentle with women, that they have to be far more patient, and they have to be very careful not to get themselves caught up. And... Wow. <laughs> wow. So, you know, as I went on and, and, and uh, followed the story a little bit more, um, they also, he also said, he apologized. Um, and, and he also said that the guys need to protect themselves. They have to be very careful. Um, not the women, not the women. Um, and, and I do also want to make clear that, that men get raped too. And so this is not just a male, you know, as the perpetrator, female as the mm -hmm. victim situation or survivor. Um, it's, it goes both ways. Um, but this is something that, you know, and it may be trending because of the access that we have with social media. And now more people are posting and, and, and paying attention to this issue, which is so important. Um, but what happened was the judge is under um, investigation now to be removed from his seat, which is wonderful. Um, he's apologized twice, I'm sure, because he doesn't want to lose his job. It's insane. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, rape is a, an act of violence. Yes. So... <laughs> Keeping your knees closed or, or positioning yourself or, or, or thrusting your or pelvic forward has nothing to do with the, the strength of the man and wanting something, wanting something to to create more power for himself. Right. It's a very violent act. So that is insane. And he is um, a very ignorant minded person to even think this way. Well, and, and to to further um, um illustrate his level of ignorance. Well, another thing that he said was that women who go to parties and drink and have drunk or get drunk want to have sex. And, and so this is all a part of his, his <laughs> closing statements in, in, um, in this trial. And so would you agree that he may be speaking a statement that a lot of men believe? I think he's speaking a statement that a lot of men and women believe um, because I have heard women equally chastise other women when situations like this happen it's it's an unfortunate belief in our culture well what one would be uh, be safe don't do this be safe that's a different conversation that this is going to happen to you and it should happen to you because you weren't safe right because you didn't do the right thing because right so so that is a but i mean and and i hate i hate to have to answer your question with saying yes that is what people believe Same. but 
it is it's a sad truth and this is why people um you know like this 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 guy was was let off um and of course there is a retrial um happening because of that um others who have been let off i i saw another just awful story of a a, a guy who basically raped a, a two-year-old on camera um who he was babysitting and was let off for that because they didn't feel that he deserved jail time he was only 17 years old and how often awful that a 17 year old would have to go to jail. So I, I, I could do an entire show on this, but I think my blood pressure would just get way too high. So, um, you know, but it, it is pretty awful what's going on. So that's, that's one of the trending topics. And the other one is um, this whole issue of Kaepernick um, sitting for the national anthem. And, and I'm only bringing this up because they always bring in the veterans and say, well, you are doing a disservice. You're not honoring the veterans when you do that. And um, several other teams have joined in, including high school athletes. And I would just really really love to hear your thoughts on this issue. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you, I can't speak, uh, and I can't speak for my entire organization, nor can I speak for these two gentlemen Absolutely, here. Absolutely, right. But, but myself on the issue, one of the reasons that I fought, I went in the military, and, and that I served, one of the major reasons that I serve is for our First Amendment right. You know, so we can't, we can't nitpick the the constitution to f- just to fit our own individual thing it's oh, it's it's a you don't have to agree you don't have to agree with a lot of things that happen in america and you can show your distaste for what's happening and by not standing for the um, you know for the national anthem this country is not going to stop rolling things are not going <laughs> to stop happening you know right. and we're not going to turn into a com- a communist environment because um you know, ten percent of America kneels doing that, the, the national anthem. If even ten percent. <laughs> yeah, it's even, exactly. Um, yeah, you have thirty it's, seconds. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> you don't well, have to. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree with Shad. Um, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. Right, I I agree with Shad in, in a sense. You know, that's that's what we did. You know, people have the right to. You know, this is the land of the, the free. You know, that's the mm-hmm. point of America. Am I happy that he's doing it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, it's it, don't pin the the stuff that's going on in America on our flag because mm-hmm. our flag doesn't have anything to do with right now with you know Black Lives Matters and cops killing kids and all this stuff. No, the American flag is a symbol of our freedom, mm-hmm. and so you stand for appreciation for the people who fight for it and the fact that you live in this country. You know, but he has the right not to. Right. And I, you know, that's his right. I'm happy with it. No, <laughs> but I don't like the Niners anyways. <laughs> so, hey, I'm from California. No. <laughs> I, I am too. You are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's very well, well, very, very well stated. I think this is the first time I've heard both sides stated in a very diplomatic, reasonable understandable way so I appreciate it hey you should come to the office we actually argue about it it's not very diplomatic it's not this at diplomatic all. oh I want to hear that version <laughs> alright we will be right back y'all need anything else I am an American soldier I'm a warrior and a member of a team I serve the people of the United States and live the army values I will always place this first I will never accept defeat. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I am disciplined. I am disciplined. Physically and mentally tough. Trained and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. 
I'm an expert and I'm a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the, the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. I am an American soldier. I am an American soldier. They're strong and there's Army Strong. See what it takes at GoArmy.com. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. In the interest of science, 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 science. All right, welcome back to the live exchange. Uh, we're having a great discussion over here over the commercial break, and uh, <laughs> I might have to put you all on the spot. <laughs> but uh, before we do that, I just want to give you a little bit more research, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about family and how PTSD impacts the family. But first, um, I want to give you a little bit of, um, of research about, I, I, you know, and I'm feeling really bad right now. I'm going to have to post it to the thread because I don't have the name of these researchers, but um, four tasks of reintegration. And what they basically did work on is how to get the family to be a, a strong source of support for the family member that's returning from combat. But also how to support the family, how the family can um, operate as a unit. And so this is based on the research um, of these gentlemen and how um, and and really solutions um, for what can be done. And the first one is redefining goals Um, and and that just I'm sorry, redefining roles. So what's happened while um, the service member was away overseas is that the the family that's at home, um, the parent, whether that's the mom or the dad, has had to sort of take over, not sort of, but has had to um, take over the tasks of the household. And so they are used to handling everything on their own. When the service member returns, um, often what happens is that they feel that they're they, they may not have a role in the home or they feel kind of like the outsider. Everything has been flowing and going um, without them there. And when they return, conflict um, can be can arise out of not knowing what their role is or having the parent that has been there feeling that their role is being undermined. And so really redefining those roles, having a conversation about, okay, you're back. Here's, here's how we're going to do things in this household. So really just redefining even how the household is run. Um, Keeping emotions in check. Now, that's easier said than done. That's just like saying, well, you just don't get mad or, you know, just be happy. And um, it's obviously keeping emotions in check is is a lot bigger than just that statement of keeping emotions in check. It means doing whatever has to be done to to keep emotions in check. So if it means to, you know, to be a part of or accept the services of the V-Dog Foundation and and getting a a dog or canine, um, or if it means therapy, if it means exposure therapy, whatever it means. Um, in order to be able to, to to help keep those emotions in check. And that is not just for the service member, but it's also for the family who, who you know, may need to keep emotions in check as well. So um, also learning how to feel 
feel again. And I mentioned this earlier that during training, there is a lot of training about how to not feel certain things, how to be able to push forward in spite of what you're feeling. And so when you get home, there's a very different approach to feelings that um, that is important to to have when, or uh, important to maintain once you're home. And so it's really like flipping the switch back on and flipping the switch back on can be an extremely scary thing because now I'm feeling and, and, oh my God, what am I going to do with all of these feelings and, um, and these emotions? And number four of the four tasks is becoming a team. Um, and so, you know, in one sense, you've got two different teams happening um, while somebody is deployed. While they're deployed, their team is the team that they are with while they are in deployment. The team of the of the family member who is who's still at home, that's their team. And so they are operating their own team. And so when the two come together, there is a need to reestablish as one unit, as one team. And, and how does that happen? And so, so those are the four tasks, redefining roles, keeping emotions in check, learning how to feel again, and becoming a team. Um, I will make sure that I post the names of these researchers, um, but this is basically um, their formula for, for making it happen, for reintegration. Is that, what does that sound like? How does that sound to you? <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask those who that I know as a mouthful. Well, that's good information. I, I love the way a lot of times we just talk about the problem, and I love the way how you talk about um, how to bring this in and bring it into family, and how we can make it better, and how we can have a constructive conversation about uh, getting better. Mm-hmm. So that all this is needed information. We just can't keep talking about our problems. We got to talk about how how do we blend this in so that my kids still love me and my wife still wants to stay with me right absolutely excellent thank you so much for what you do oh no problem and um and ryan i promise um we're going to come back after break and then we're going to talk to you (laughs) after we come back i hogged this segment it's all right (laughs) all right we'll be right back Tacos, the cheese, and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. $10,000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. If you're looking for that ratchet, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station, Sensation Station Network. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. All right, welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, we are talking PT 
PTSD. I'm, I, I always have to bring in post-traumatic growth. And uh, we are here with the uh, founder of the canine, Top Dog Canine Foundation. But your challenge today, and the reason why this is your challenge, is because um, Blake, who is the founder, has found his purpose. And he's living out his purpose in a very powerful way. Um, and, and that is by helping veterans, by pairing them with canine dogs. And so... My task mission for you or my uh, uh, challenge for you is for you to find your own purpose. If you haven't discovered what that purpose is, what is it that you can do to discover that purpose? Um, and, and we haven't really yet heard Blake's story, so I am definitely going to try to pull that out of him. <laughs> but, um, but at a very young age as a child, he had a very strong intuitive sense um, connection to animals. And, and lo and behold, here he is at 25 years old now working with um, <laughs> working with <laughs> you're not 25 working with <laughs> working with animals in a way that changes the lives um, and, and veterans and helps them really manage the PTSD and so I want you to find your purpose um, what are you going to be doing at age 25 at age 35 45 55 whatever the age is what are you here to do and what are you here to accomplish I want to know that from you um so that is your challenge uh for this week so we're gonna uh you have anything to add to the challenge well i, I would <laughs> like to um uh, one thing is is if you bring me back and we can talk about veterans rights and then i'll tell you my story i'll tell you my story then i withhold it until then oh don't do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> but what i will say my challenge to to america to atlanta to everyone that's listening um you all know a veteran if you see a veteran in need Help them get help. Mm. Help them get help. Don't let them go through this alone. You may not have them long. Help them. You can go to vdogs.org or you can call 855-777-9311 and contact us. Or there's so many different organizations out there in your area. Help them. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. vdogs.org. All right. Special Ryan Young. Specialist. <laughs> That was horrible. Special Ryan. I mean, I know I got problems. Dang, we kind of like like that on the radio. We kind of like that, don't we? We're all all special. We're all special specialists. I'm sorry, Ryan Young. Um, Tell us about your story and, or in terms of how you ended up um, connecting with V Dogs. Oh well, like I said earlier, you know, I got out of uh, Washington State of Fort Lewis. was uh, I moved to West Virginia with my family, thinking I was going to go to school. Uh, and my symptoms of just everything uh, just got heavier, and I wasn't able to do it. I uh, was in a lost spot, uh, drank a lot, um, slept. I just wanted to sleep my life away. That was probably my most main concern, I just wanted to sleep my life away. Um, and that's a theme I've been hearing for those of you who are listening, wanting to just stay on the couch, sleep. Yeah, you know, not not want to harm myself or anything like that, but just hopefully with enough time go goes by, I would feel better. Mm-hmm. But as I just kept sleeping and sleeping, it never did. Um, and then uh, my drinking was very very bad, and that's when my wife gave me an option of um, you know family or alcohol. So I pe- I picked family, um, and it was a struggle, uh, medication and mood swings and. Yeah, it was it was it was not easy at all. But uh after we uh you know, West Virginia didn't work out so 
only other state other than Oregon um, that I liked, and we were both done with the West Coast, so I was like, I like Georgia. Benning was fun, you know, <laughs> that little leave that I got between basic and AIT. Uh, so he came down here and visited. Started come, uh, moved down here last year, August. Um, then I got my uh, my brother-in-law convinced me to get in touch with the Wounded Warrior Project, you know, get a part of them. So I did that. Got into one of their programs. Um, I got a, a life coach to help me get out of my hermit uh, mm-hmm. status in my life. And um, he told told me and my wife about the. Uh, the SHARE program that's attached to uh, the Shepherd Center here in Atlanta. Um, so uh, I went there for three months for every kind of therapy you could think of. Um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, we had a caseworker, had a psychologist, you know, had a doctor. Wow. Uh, you know, it was... It it wasn't easy. It, it was hard because you know you do group and you do by yourself. You gotta uh, talk about stuff you never want to bring up ever again. And uh, I learned a lot of tools, you know. And then it, it came to me and um, learning there that uh, it's it's a lot of coping, knowing how to deal with what feeling, what attitude. Um, you know, what just happened or, you know, why are you feeling like this? You know, recognizing all your symptoms mm-hmm. so you can cope and, and, and deal with them better and, and still progress through life every day. And so with that, um, I happened to meet Top Dog over at McKeever's First Ride, which is a, um, well, was, they don't do it anymore. Last year was the last time they're doing it. Oh, was it last year? Yeah. Oh, I got to contact her. That's yeah. All, that's all. Um, but... It was all about adaptive uh, hippotherapy. So if you're missing a limb or in a wheelchair, you know, it was all about um, adaptive equipment and hippotherapy hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I do hippotherapy myself um, also. And so I mean, Wait, you mean, are you saying hypno? Like hip- hippo. Oh, okay. Hippo is for horse. Oh, Sorry. okay. I yeah. think yeah. hypno, like hypnotized. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm glad I asked that no, question. Hippo. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, horses are like giant dogs. Mm-hmm. Um and it they, it was helpful, but I saw I saw a shot there with this giant schnauzer, mm-hmm. and I, I've loved dogs my whole life. Grew up around them, uh, studied them, and everything. So I got to talk to him about his his dog and and whatnot, <clears throat> and then got his information and told him, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work on getting off this can, going through a couple of things and whatnot, and uh, wanted to try having a service dog because of my PTSD and uh, my vertigo, my mobilities not all there my tbi so went through the process got the interview with them and i've been what since june were May? you um were you um did they predict that, that you wouldn't walk again no uh they saw i never run or jog or anything okay. like that um yeah my 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 operation went completely the other side oh you're supposed to have 90 percent uh you know no pain you know, you'll be able to do this and that and the other and i've I went eight months on a scooter, three months on a uh, on crutches, and two years on a cane now. Wow! Yeah. So are you and you are you expected to graduate from the crane, the cane as well? Uh, yeah, I'm searching I for other routes. No, no one. They didn't expect this much. No, wow. I mean, but that's that's the army. It's a lot of oh, here you go, go, here you go, go. 
So well, and that was one of my questions was with <laughs> regards to <laughs> with regards to the services that you received, the therapy sessions, the coaching. Was was all of that covered? Is that stuff that you? Well, um, the shared uh, center is a what is it donor funded? Okay. Um, and they're through the Shepherd Center, and so that's how that works. I got so it. it was mm-hmm. you know you had to get referred uh, from one of your your primary care. They send a letter, then, you know, you get your interview and whatnot, and then it's a process, and you get accepted. And you go live down there. They have apartments, and it's 7.45 till 3 in the afternoon. You know, you're working on yourself and how wow. to become better. Because, like I said, I, I, I hadn't been to a, a grocery store in a year. I, you know, I didn't drive. But I used to love driving. You know, I love football. I wouldn't watch it anymore. I, I didn't. Wa- I don't watch anymore war movies. You know, action movies are a seldom thing for me now. I watch a lot of cartoons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause it's the only thing that's, you know, doesn't have any realism to it to yeah. bring back anything. And hmm. the nightmares um, where, you know, let alone vivid, about to wake up in cold sweats, thrashing. My wife wouldn't sleep with me. What's thrashing? Um, Punch, oh, move. Got it. Okay. Fighting, actually. Yeah, okay. Going, yeah, that's a- looking for my weapon. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awful. So going down there and living down there uh, for twelve weeks, and every day I'm gonna work on me, so I could go home a better man for my wife and my daughter. Um, it was, it was exponential. I, 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 I had no idea the results. I fought it the first wow. month that program. I, like, it's like I don't I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to do this. Now nah, you're not you're not getting me in there. And then mm. once you accept, I got to put a foot forward. No matter if it's a small step, a jump, a lunge, or what, but you got to put a foot forward. So you have pro- progress every day. Right. And that's my once my mindset changed to that, I saw the benefit. I was just reaping the benefits. Right. My wife and I didn't even notice it the first time until my wife was like. This isn't my husband. <laughs> not him from a year ago. What, wow. What'd you do with him? I like this one a lot. And so <laughs> then when people, oh, it was, <laughs> I, it, it really was. So I was being happier and all this stuff. So uh, it 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 really was just a huge help. I I couldn't invest. And you know, I put it out there to any veteran that I ever meet. It's like if you're having a tough time doing whatever you need to do, get in contact with the Shared Initiative Program. You know, now I you know knowing v- Top Dog here now I tell me hey. If you need help, you know, I got a guy that you can talk to, you know, if you if you need a dog, someone to talk to, got hang out with, you know, we're here, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so resource center, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I've it, it's it's the and Winter Warrior also, you know, all all these organizations are a huge help, which is what I think is the greatest thing that we have them now because, you know, Vietnam and Korea, World yeah, War II, you, I mean you had USO, you know, right. <laughs> you know, you didn't really have anything else. So well, I want to ask, uh, uh, you know, the owner, uh, Sean Prime, you know, my friend Sean Prime, for thanks for bringing us on today. But uh, he need to donate my brother here, uh, Mr. Young, uh, Specialist Young, a, a, a road road rage sign to put on his truck so that at least everybody know. Everybody's forewarned that maybe he can get his own lane. Now, that would be nice. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's rode with me before, so he kind of knows. Like, Let me know well, before I ride with you. But And that's, the, I, you know, I think there's actually something to that because people are so quick to you know cut somebody off or flip somebody off or you know roll down the window and start screaming at somebody and they don't even realize that there might be a ticking time bomb in that car that you don't know who's in that car and what they've been through and what that may cause oh yeah i mean not just veterans you know but that i mean the 
I mean, I'm, I'm I know I'm the youngest one here, but I, my dad raised me real old school. So like even when I was a kid, you know, there were certain things. You know, common sense that was a huge thing. Yeah. You know, we had common sense. You know, but now it's like like I couldn't be in a grocery store because people would stand too close to me. And I was like. Didn't you learn like in school like when you're a kid about personal space? I yeah. got a six foot bubble. Right. Stay away. But yeah, these people, it's like the closer they think they get their cart to me, the faster the line's gonna go. That's it's my supposed pet to be three feet. No, nah, I, well, I like six. Feet six. Bubble. I'm with you on. <laughs> yeah, that. I got a six feet, six foot bubble. You know. But yes. It's, it's those kind of things. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, holding the door open for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know. It's all that shot out the window, and I'm not, you know, trying to blame all the social media or anything like that, but. You know, last seven years of the new generation, they're out there. Yeah. I mean, they are wilding out. And it is, I just think it's ridiculous. Cause it's like, not that much older than you've been, man, but you make me feel really old. Because if you act like that in school when I was a kid, Nah, uh, yeah, that's not. Well, uh-uh. we, we're gonna we're gonna go to another break, but yeah, I I hear you on all of that. <laughs> it is getting crazy out there. So <laughs> we come back. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more. Um, I would love to get into to relationships and love and how all of this is affected um, when we come back. The light of change. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of our United States. Most people know him as a man of great wisdom and vision. What many don't realize, however, is that when it came to finding late model sedans at government auctions, or even looking up a zip code, Mr. Lincoln's wisdom was sadly lacking. In fact, the citizens of that day knew it best not to even ask. Fortunately, now there's firstgov.gov. The official place to turn when you need information about federal, state, and local government. Whether it's how to get a student loan, renew your passport, or even apply for a small business loan. All three of which, as numerous historians have noted, were remarkably absent from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. So go to firstgov.gov. Who knows? If Abe had it in his day, he could have checked out an auction and traded that drafty log cabin for a nice condo on Maui. FirstGov.gov, a monumental source of useful information. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Harold Dennis. 
and I'm running for the office of DeKalb County Sheriff. I believe that there is a brighter future for DeKalb County, and as your sheriff, I will take a tough stance against those who choose to violate our laws and remain actively involved in building a rapport with our youth, which will combat the increasingly violent crimes committed by their peers. This will increase the value of our community in which I was proudly born and raised. Allow me the opportunity to continue my philosophy of public service in building a sound and responsive sheriff's office. Harold Dennis, vote for me November 8th for DeKalb County Sheriff. Then let's take DeKalb back. I'm Harold Dennis, and I approve this message. Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. This is big business. This is the American way. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and I have with me here is specialist Ryan Young. <laughs> and, and do you have a title that I just haven't been saying or... Ooh. You. I've been uh, calling you Blake. I'm, I'm top dog. Uh, you top dog. Oh, wow. We have top dog. <laughs> I'm at home. This is SSN, baby. I'm at home. <laughs> <laughs> Representing top dog canine foundation. And we had earlier on Sergeant Mitch Mathis. And they're all sharing their experiences. Um, and with regards to PTSD and, and also how the top dog canine foundation has been assisting with that. And you know what? I realize I haven't done this entire show is I have not given out the phone number for anybody who may want to call. So we have 15 minutes minutes left um our number is 678-613-5857 for anybody who would like to call who has anything to say to add to this conversation um and and ryan just gave us um uh just kind of an overview of his experience and the journey to where he is today and um i did have tons of questions based on what you were saying and um, i'm really curious about that relationship component um you know what happens when you come home, um, you know, at first we see all the reunions. We see the hugs at the airport and the bliss and everything. And what was there that kind of reunion? And then what happened after that? Well, I mean, for one, those reunions are, are kind of glamored and those ones are, are set up. You know, there's mm-hmm. a certain certain platoon or a certain company coming back that's done something that's probably been over the media. So they come back and they get media on because the majority you fly in and on a C-130, you hit the tarmac, you get out, you get your bags, you know, you get your speech and talk through. Then you go to a, a gymnasium or, or something like that. You wait behind a curtain. Everybody's lined up at the uh, seat that you came in with. And then your family's all waiting. You know, there's a, I think, the Army song or something like Can that. Can I back you up a bit? You uh-huh. said the speech that you talked through? So there's like a speech that well, you Well, someone, talk, like a, a commanding officer or okay. somebody talks ahead of before we get. Got it. Okay. And then, uh, what, huh? Yeah, before we get released. Okay. And then before um, that, you know, usually you'll get a, an award, you know, uh, uh, ARCOM, which uh, there's there's so many. I don't even remember them all. They're all acronyms. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, usually, you know, you got your designated uh, award that the comp- the platoon or unit got, and then there's a couple of people that stood out as individuals that did certain things. Okay. And then you get released to your family, 
Um, you're not allowed to drive for two days, you know, jet lag and trying to get used to, you know, make sure you don't have a road, road rage and kill somebody because, you know, after they, days, they, they, sure. they weren't going 100 miles an hour or they weren't going right, right. 35 miles an hour exactly. or something like that or they cut you off. I think that's the worst is when someone cuts you off because mm-hmm. when you're driving in, in your unit, you're in the military, you know, you have a convoy. There's just one Vic, two Vic, three Vic, four Vic, you know. And, that's how it always is. No one's supposed to cut you off. No one gets out of line. So, so if somebody cuts do, you off, that means something's going wrong. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. You yeah. know, it's it, it's it's a jarring feeling. Um, but uh, dang, I forgot what we were talking so, about. So so we were just getting to what happens with the family <laughs> and the you know after that that oh, yeah. reunion. Oh um, you said it. You know, so then it, I mean, it really just depends on everybody. You know, it's because yeah. um, I mean. You're gone for nine months, a year, 15 months, but you still are dealing with life. You know, you get your ever so often phone calls or or on the computer with each other, emails and letters, too. Mm -hmm. So things have gone on. So there could have been an argument, you know, two days before you came back. Mm -hmm. So you go home. Now you're arguing, even though you just got home. Right. You know, with me, um, me and my wife had gotten pregnant before I had left, about two months before I left. So I was on deployment she was in Oregon with her family pregnant and then when I came back I was a dad and I got to watch my daughter's birth on Skype um I had to do a lot of favors to be able to get that um ability to do that uh because they weren't letting anybody go home for births yeah we were severely undermanned um and so uh it, it was just it was something else you know come back from war and then I'm now I'm holding a, a new life it, it was We're something gone. else but then you have to circulate through your family. They're about to come, got to come visit you and to see if yeah. They was well. I came back in November, so I was gonna miss Thanksgiving with coming to see any of the family. So Christmas, yeah, I had to drive from Washington to Oregon, Oregon to California or Northern California, then to Southern California, and then Southern California to Nevada, and then Nevada back to Washington. Wow. That was Christmas. Make sure you saw everybody. Yeah, that was that was my Christmas break. You had everybody come to you. Well, I don't know if you want all the people in your house. No, I, no. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't even thing. like having neighbors, so I didn't yeah. want everybody coming to our house. But that's <laughs> another thing I've heard is that you know sometimes people um, they, they prepare this huge welcome home party thing, and that's the last thing that some people want because the it's just too much thing. going on. Oh yeah, no. And I hope they're listening to that right now, to, because more and more soldiers are coming back, mm-hmm. and and keep it small. Keep it simple. Let them adjust, and gradually let people come in mm-hmm. and, and 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 love that person and show their support. But a massive support, not good. And don't don't you know invite your your uncle's cousin's boss to to the party too, because <laughs> then you've got oh there's a feel in your face. Mm-hmm. You give me attitude now. I gotta watch him. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna rip his jaw off. You know, there's a lot of things when you come with a stranger's mm-hmm. face. Right. You don't you don't want to deal with. I mean that's why I mean. You know, uh, uh, I've noticed no matter what the nationality is, a lot of veterans just want to go live kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You know, just want to have, you know, 20, 15 acres to themselves, their family, no neighbors, no traffic. We're done with it because we deal with it with so much. Right. And please, uh, and and, and don't um, talk politics when veterans first get out. They don't want (laughs) to hear your opinion on uh, how do you feel about fighting a war that that didn't have any weapons of mass destruction. What? They don't want to hear that, you know. And so they have to be careful with the politics that you speak to, particularly an injured veteran or a veteran that just got back from uh, from combat. Um, We don't do politics. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask a political question about Trump. Is that okay? Or is that not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no, because this is during the break, and this is because we were talking about it during the break. But one of the things that I just thought about um, as 
you said that they give out awards. I, I couldn't help but hear Donald Trump in my ear saying that he wants a Purple Heart too. Did you hear that? <laughs> no. Nah. Oh yeah. He's I don't. That. I don't. I don't. One. I don't watch TV. Yeah. I got Hulu and Netflix. I watch my cartoons with my daughter. I stay away from all that stuff. You probably so. should. Why you like Trump? You benefit from <laughs> staying away from that stuff. You know. And, hey. But I just. I, I. I. I just don't know if he understood the. Do you know what it takes to get a purple heart? <laughs> and you well, understand what you're saying? There's a, there, I mean, like me and him, me and Mitch both got injured. Mm-hmm. Mitch got a purple heart. I don't have a purple heart, but we we're both injured because there's actually a, a criteria to right. uh, AR and everything. You know, there's a criteria that, all right, this, did this happen? Did this happen? Did this happen? <laughs> now, even though I got hurt and it was during a, a combat and it was an engagement and whatnot, but because of, my injury didn't fit that criteria, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't get one. Right. But Donald Trump wants one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no I mean. but no, I and I just I, I just say that because it was just such a huge thing and um and, and the level of insensitivity that he has about that he has shown in some ways about, you know but people would argue the same thing about Hillary Clinton and, and I think um, and I'm just going to put Mitch out there, but I think he and I agree that we just need to just start over. Can we just like get a new slate? Just, just wipe them all out all and right. just let's 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 start with a new batch. <laughs> we draw straws. Yeah, can we draw straws? <laughs> Whoever wins gets to be president. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, we will be back on the live exchange. <laughs> Great leaders aren't born. They're made, and not just anywhere. They're made in special places by special qualified trainers in places like the Academy of Creative Coaching. The Academy of Creative Coaching is an international certification program with courses in health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, relationship coaching, executive coaching, life coaching, and cultural competency coaching. Courses are online, hybrid, or face-to-face. The Academy of Creative Coaching is empowering coaches to empower the world. Make a positive change in yourself and the world. Go to academyofcreativecoaching.com. And so a new American industry has been born. Sensation Station Network. All right. Welcome back to the live exchange. I think we have all agreed that The Rock should be president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, that man, that man, that man can sing. You ever he seen him sing, sing on ukulele? So he's smart. He's strong. He can sing. Yeah, he's he's uh there's a new clothing uh apparel veteran apparel now. Oh really? It's not his. I don't know if it's his, but I know he sponsors it. Wow. Um, See, I I agree. Dwayne the Rock. I don't know his last name right now. You know Johnson. He has dual citizenship. He's also Canadian. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Interesting. Well, okay, so I, I know I'm kind of off topic here, but I just had, to, <laughs> I just had to, but I was asking about just kind of the family life, and I'm so you're you know basically through your experience and through your journey, you it's improved big time, you know based on yeah it's 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 taken a while, um, you know I was able to uh, just with all the help from everybody, I wasn't willing to take any help, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you'll get another. Uh, kind of real going through a veteran's uh, head you know I'm unique this is nobody understands me mm-hmm. you know and so when I was at the share program I made it a point that whenever new people new veterans came in I would tell them like look they've dealt with everybody you're not your problems aren't special mm-hmm. they're everybody has these types of things you're your own individual but there's nothing special about your problems 
Well, you got to work through them because, you know, just like we can't say our PTSD as combat veterans or just veterans is different than a car accident uh, victim. It's it's still PTSD. It's still trauma. It's It's still still something that reoccurs. They'll see nightmares and flashes and They'll still have a body reaction that they can't control. Domestic violence, yeah. 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 I mean, it leads to drinking, drugs, suicide. I mean, it's all there, Um, you know, but being able to recognize the signs and and being willing to help, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot lot of that's my personal opinion is that the help from just every day, you know, isn't there as much as it used to be. my own example is that a uh, couple of months ago, there is a car accident right in front of me. Um, uh, two guys in a truck had spun off, went off the ravine, crashed with two trees. Wow. And they were, I mean, the truck was bent in. They were real messed up. But mm-hmm. I was the first one there, and it was pouring down rain. I got out. I went and checked on them. And right then, my Army training, CLS, which is Combat Lifesavers uh, training, Wow. I just put rags on their heads where they're bleeding. My wife was calling the cops and everything. Well, about, uh, you know, cops, ambulance, they'd use the jaws of life to rip the roof up so they can pull them out. But about a month later, the passenger calls me back. He, and we get to talking and everything, and he wanted me to tell him what happened because he was asleep during it. Oh. And uh, the driver, I guess, had fallen asleep with medication oh. that he had taken and didn't let him know. And uh, so we got to talking and everything like that. He's like, I just, you know... Uh, I'm not that much of a religious man myself, but he's, you know, you're my guardian angel. Thank you. You know, I'm like, I just, someone was in need and mm-hmm. I wanted to help him, you know? I, and he's like, what can I do for you? I'm like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't need you to do anything for me. That's not mm-hmm. why I did it. Right. You needed help. I helped you. But if you want to do something, just pay it forward. If you see, see someone else help, need help, just help them. That's what we don't hear often enough. We hear that veterans come back, they have PTSD, they have alcohol problems, problems with their family, um, that their training makes them, you know, numb or whatever to feelings. But we don't think about how what the training does and what that does to 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 give you that kind of preparation to help somebody. But you didn't think twice. You know, you just jumped in and you helped. And and I don't think that we hear that enough about what veterans do once they come back and what they can do once they come back. There's an initiative right now happening in Chicago where Veterans are are walking the streets of Chicago to help reduce violence, and they're just their presence is making a difference. And I've seen and heard of of things like this um, because I dig for it and because I look for it. But the headlines are 500 killed in Chicago. We don't hear about the veterans that are there that may have prevented the the many more um, you know murders that could have happened. Oh well, yeah, I mean if you look at it, uh, a lot of the you know a robbers trying to rob somebody or someone's getting attacked i mean my guess probably one in five one in three it's a veteran you're in that's 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 stopping somebody you know that's you know pulled the gun to uh subdue them or shot and killed them or the four national guard kids in uh the france on the train station stopped the terrorists wow let's see again didn't hear about that i mean uh (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, the, um, then uh, South America, same thing. Uh, and then you have volunteer uh, veterans that go over to South America, uh, South Africa to help with the poaching, anti-poaching right. and everything. I mean, we need it's to that programming. Remember yeah. we were talking about earlier, that programming where we just respond mm-hmm. to violence or things that happen as opposed to giving it thought. And so, and that to me is, um, you know, of course it's a double-edged sword, but that is the benefit. We always look at the negative side of it, but my gosh, what a great... Um, asset or characteristic that is that that's probably ingrained for life you know oh yeah i mean you're never gonna forget the training i mean you spend enough time every day you know wake up at 4 45 in the morning you work out and you come back you eat breakfast then you go back and you gotta go do this you gotta go do that every single day i mean and you some of it's a lot of repetitiveness but some of it's also could be a lot of different but you go through it every day for so long. I mean, it's, it's just muscle memory. It's, it's not gonna. It's like permanent muscle memory. It's not gonna wow. go away. As soon as the situation arises, you know. Yeah, you're in it. Well, and, and I hate to cut you off. I told you the two hours is gonna go fast. <laughs> we are we are pretty much done. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to um, share how to get in contact with your organization. Um, you gave me the email address and I wrote it somewhere <laughs> that I, I can't find. Vdogs.org. <laughs> you can go to vdogs.org. You can give us a call at 855-777-9311. All right. There we go. And we'll also make sure that we post this to the, the Facebook page. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I, I had Sergeant Mitch Mathis, Specialist Ryan Young, and um, Top Dog here <laughs> to, uh, to, to give us some great information. We'll be back here again next week, Thursday, 11 to 1. And uh, and I definitely do hope to have you back um, for another show so we can hear that story. (laughs) All right. Have a great day.